I'm back with Liv, and we are ready to discuss another film. Um, Liv, of course, being Olivia Broussard, uh, my lovely co-host for these shows. Um, hello, Liv. How are you? Oh, hello, Trevor. I'm doing great. I love, oh, perfect. Love talking about movies. I mean, they really are the cinema of our time. Yeah, our, yeah. They truly I, are a visual art of our time. That's what I like to think about uh, when I think about movies. I, I like to say they're the cinema of our time, and I think that's true. Um, no, I, I actually, I always like, I really like these um, these episodes we get to do because, like. Um, we haven't talked about movies in a while, but we, we, we had started and we're returning to them. I really enjoy these because uh, I don't watch enough film on my own. And, like, I think getting the chance to kind of experience it with someone else is, is a really good way for me to um, get into it a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure why I don't make the time for myself to watch movies, but uh, I don't. So it's neat. It's, it's great to be able to uh, have a chance to do it with you. Oh, thank you. I hope you appreciate that I pick out movies that I think are going to be uh, at least somewhat questionable every time. Uh, no, I do. I do. I actually – so one of the things I was thinking about with this film was it it triggers this like very specific appeal I have with movies, which is that it is uh, – it's a little boring and a little idiosyncratic and I just – I happen to love that. <laughs> like that's just that's just absolutely my thing when it comes to uh, uh, films. I just I, for whatever reason, if I can watch something that is idiosyncratic and boring, I almost all the time will enjoy it. And like even I mean, this one is is definitely like we'll get into it. It's, it's definitely like not. It's not something you'd put on to like impress a date necessarily. <laughs> I like, think it. I think it depends. It I think depends it depends on, on what is. you what you think of your date. Oh, do you think you have to like give your data like a, a lot of credit uh, if they like this or? Well, I think so. The movie in question here is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> go ahead. You can tell us about the movie. Is 1978's Stunt Rock directed by by Brian Trenchard Smith, um, an Australian film from from the late 70s. And you know what? It is what it says on the tin. There are uh, stunts and there is rock. That's right. So I think if you suggest your date, do you want to watch Stunt Rock? You will like very immediately know if it's a good choice or not. What is that? It's Stunt Rock. <laughs> it, it is no different than what I said. Um, I do appreciate that uh, this is part of the the Ozploitation uh, um, trend. That uh, this was when this was when Australia was was big in the cultural consciousness of people. Um, yeah, that's actually how I found out about this movie was um, I'd watched a documentary on exploitation called Not oh, Quite okay. Hollywood, which is um, a really good documentary. And um, this movie is a – I think you would have to classify it as a, like a mockumentary um, to get the closest to what it is. It's, yeah. it's centered around this Australian stuntman, Grant Page, who is – really an Australian stuntman, Grant Page, but it's just this, um, you know, narrative of his life where he goes to America to, to make it big in the American uh, <laughs> television stunt scene. And, yeah, and like Undercover Girl. I think I think that also the show was called, the fictional show. 
Yeah. So, like, I think it has to be like considered a mockumentary just because, like, that's that is what it is, but it is not set up to be like. Um, I mean, it, not that it does not provide commentary on like this, like <laughs> on the scene with like the agents and the right. and the directors <laughs> and like you know the dynamics there, but um, it, it is played straight surprisingly for for a lot of the film well and it's not i think like unlike a lot of mockumentaries it's not the target of its mocking is not or its satire is not like the the like stunt people um Mm -hmm. like the target of its satire is like everyone who's not a stunt person uh like i think the 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 best example of this is when uh so like i mean we'll talk about the plot such as it is uh there's not much of one but uh there's a bit of a will they won't they going on with Grant Page <laughs> and a and a journalist who uh, is is uh, is his love interest. The, there's also the star of Girl Undercover, but she's not a love interest because she they basically rule that out when she says that Grant seems like the kind of guy that doesn't like a, the kind of professor that doesn't date the students. And so they are they are revealed as just good friends. Um, but like yeah, the the love interest, the the journalist love interest. There's a moment where. You know, she's she's she meets Grant because well, because he steals her car, basically. But they, they you know, it's just like a meet cute kind of thing. And then she says, I'm writing this article about, you know, people whose jobs take over their lives. And you seem like you'd be the perfect person to do it since you're a uh, a stuntman. And it's clear she's going to write a story about how like crazy he is and how dangerous and unhealthy. And the the, the actor, the, the undercover girl herself says, Hey, like, I, you know, you're going to, these people are technicians like that him and we'll mention them, the band sorcery are technicians and they're doing something special. And you're going to, you're going to make it so that they, they like, you're going to make a mockery of them and that, and that's not cool. And that's kind of the conflict in it, in that like Grant Page at all times is shown to be this person who very, very clearly understands his craft. Like he's obsessively like concerned with the theory, with safety, um, to the point that, like, you know, at any given point, it's like he he might say something like, yeah, you know, I would never do this unless I knew it was, like, perfectly safe. Um, so it's clear, like, he is actually sort of like a technician. He cares about craft. And, and, like, the movie is very critical of anyone who doesn't have that point of view. But also, interestingly, there are these... Um these clips throughout the throughout the movie of like his real stunt work in other mm. movies. Um, Grant Page probably most like famous for being the stunt person for the Mad Max movies. Um, but this is actually like a year before Mad Max comes out. So it's um, one of the movies is Mad Dog Morgan where he like catches himself on fire, but like for real catches on fire. <laughs> and it, it is stunt. this, yeah, it is actually, um, it does go wrong. So they do like feature this like stunt gone wrong in the film, but I guess it just, you know, gives a, a sense of like mortality and like the, the heaviness of, of the work that he takes so seriously to the rest of the movie that it's like, Oh, I'm, it's not going to go wrong again. Yeah. And there's like, there's a lot of like, um, you know the 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 actress who uh, who plays the uh, who's the, the TV star um, at, at one point is like you know I want to learn I want to learn how to do this stuff like I wanna I wanna do stunts too and he's open to that like he's willing to teach her but he's like listen like you have to understand this is super dangerous and if you lose that fear you're gonna end up dead real fast and like that's kind of also an underlying thing with both him and the band Sorcery who is the other star of the show essentially <laughs> who. Um, 
like basically for all of them, it's like, yeah, the stuff we do might seem fun and like crazy or dangerous or like we're just like dumb guys or whatever, but it's all really serious. We're all being super professional. And like if we weren't, then either the art would be bad or we would be dead. So interestingly, this movie was rewritten to like include that character, the Monique character. Really? Um, whenever this movie was it was like first sold through like um like to a european distributor that had funded like one of his films before and i guess like one of the it had to include a danish actress for the danish audience (laughs) um and it did feel a little strange that there was a danish actress that just happened to be like in an in an american danish dutch i don't you know it's like, yeah, whatever this European actress famously so, in the seventies, we were like, people were constantly hiring the Danes to be in our, to be in our TV shows. It was, Dutch, it was a wonderful I, time. I mean, Dutch, not, uh, but still it, anyway, this Dutch actress has to be in this film. And so I think that this like whole thing, um, before, like it was originally written to be, and the director has said, like you know, like maybe it was a little bit weaker after we had to like rewrite this to have this Dutch actress be in the film so that it could be um, popular in Europe as well. And I think before you know she was included, it had to just be like a full on like dudes rock movie, which is kind of what it is anyway. It's just like was, was the love interest in it? Was the journalist in it initially or? That I mean, so I think that this film does not have like a very well recorded history too. It seems like it was kind of like lost to time for a while, yeah. and it was actually like fans of sorcery, which is a real band outside of this movie. Yeah, um, they're, fans, they're a pretty serious band from what I was looking at. Fans of sorcery had like kind of like kept this alive, and then um, later on, the director was able to like find a. a a print that was like in someone's garage and, and restore it. But, um, it yeah, seems this like is this a movie 4K was a 4k restoration. It looks it, great, actually. It seems like this movie was like almost lost to time. Um, so I, I don't think that there's, I mean, it seems like likely that there was like one of these female characters, but I was kind of surprised that there are like these like two female characters in this movie. And like one of them is just like, I want to be a stunt woman. And like, that's just kind of like her own plot. That's kind of separate from. If anything, I think her plot is more interesting than the, than Lisa, the journalist's plot, because Lisa, the journalist's plot is like the most transparent rom-com kind of thing where it's like, Oh, Grant loves her, but she can't understand why he's so passionate about stunts. Uh, it's like, okay, like, let's just, let's just, and for the movie's credit, like it is not super interested in that plot line that mm-hmm. is there about as like loosely as possible. Like there, Grant has a, he has a, a, a grand gesture where he, uh, has a trap, like not a trapeze, a, uh, high wire outside of her apartment and says, if you don't go to a party with me, I will throw, I will stay out here all day. Um, so he love bombs her with a, uh, with a, <laughs> with a, a live, a high wire act. And, um, and then she goes to a party with him. And from then on, she understands that it's actually pretty cool what he does. And, uh, her article becomes how like big this mix of magic and stunts and, uh, rock and roll is going to be. And they call it stunt rock. And that's the, I mean, it sounds like I'm rushing, but like, this is, that's the plot of the movie. Like if right. you want like a plot of the movie, that's it. And so in, in a lot of ways, like the the actual sort of like mentor, mentee, uh, you know, actress versus the agent thing. It's it's a little trite, but it's also like more interesting than the than the romance plot, I think. Yeah, I do. 
I do think that this is kind of set the tone for like maybe what maybe what Australians want wanted Americans to see them as because um, I feel like we see this like replicated with like a, a crocodile Dundee or like a <laughs> even like a crocodile hunter later um, of this like whenever you first see him like appear in America he's dressed like the full on like um, like Trover hat crocodile dundee kind of like oh, get yeah. up which is not how he was dressed in australia and not how he is dressed for the rest of the film <laughs> so it's like the director says this is like he was like i just i love grant page and i wanted to make a movie that introduced grant page to the united states and make him a big star there and so it's like it almost feels just like this love letter to like this like australian blokey archetype uh you know <laughs> no, I agree. And, like, it's, it's honestly, like, so one of the things about this film, like, I, I said to you before we started, like, I keep going back and forth as to whether or not I think this is, like, a great film or, like, a film that I can't recommend. And I think, like, part of that is because it it is this archetype of a film that you can't really make anymore. Or if it is made, it's made on, like, like a super indie budget and becomes, like, you know, kind of like, like a, I don't know, like like concert footage or something like that. Like it, it, it becomes like, you know, specifically uh, a, a cult classic because of it's like w- what's in it. Um, and fans again, like sorcery and being in this kind of like aligns this with that too. But this is a, this is a film that is like specifically one of those things where it's like, do you want to know more about stunts? Do you want to know more about the band sorcery? Uh, well, we've made a movie about that. And I feel like that's something that like, there is more of that kind of like, almost reportage about a scene happening like early documentary almost like the uh if you ever watch the um uh the documentary about the uh i forget what it's called but it's it's about like the primary basically between um i think kennedy and mcgovern um i'm probably getting that wrong but like it's like it basically is just reportage of this town voting and it feels very much like, okay, like here, here's what politics are. And it, it is this sort of like straightforward representation, almost like a, like a, not a commercial for, but a, almost like a philosophical standpoint of like, if you were curious about what it means to people to be stuntmen, here's what it is. And I, there's like, there's something really appealing about that. Like it is, it feels very honest and kind of like upfront and, um, it's very strange, but it, it, it's it's kind of endearing at the same time. It is also interested in just like visual pleasure. Like mm-hmm. there's these um, split screens of just like cars crashing um, throughout the film where <laughs> it's it's the same scene on both sides just mirrored and over and over again, you get to see him crash cars. And so uh, I think if you do like uh if you are if you are interested in like those kinds of movies, I think that's who you would recommend this to. Is saying like, yeah. do you want to see a car crash? Um, here you go. I did like when like he was talking about he was trying to uh, convince Lisa that it was a, a, a burgeoning art form, and she you know is skeptically it's like art form you're just trying to kill yourself and he's like come on have you seen gone in 60 seconds and then it's just a bunch of clips from <laughs> gone in 60 seconds it is so, so good which <laughs> i, I don't believe segue. i don't believe that there's like a a connection to other than being like isn't this a cool movie like didn't you think that movie was cool? I saw on Wikipedia that it was uh, officially licensed too. Like this was not like them just like doing a bootleg reference to God in sixty. Like they got the rights to use that clip, so it's like 
it is just like, I really love this movie. I would love to show it in my movie, which is a, a powerful move. Yeah, that that is more powerful because the rest of the clips are kind of like, this is what we've been doing over in Australia. I realize that y'all haven't seen these films in the U.S., <laughs> um, but this is what we've been doing. So let's just show you like, um, you know, a highlight reel of what we've been up to. And maybe you'll want to uh, to invest in our next film. <laughs> It honestly, like, and I will say, like, his stunts are incredibly impressive. Like, you know, the 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 movie doesn't really, like, I you know, outside of it not being a particularly good like story, so to speak. It's like the the actual story it shows with his stunts and like his knowledge of the stunts and like the way he talks about it. Like, it's incredibly like compelling. I think like I think he he comes off as a super super talented guy who like really cares about what he's doing and has like a strong passion for it. Um, which is cool. I, I found that part like really fun. Um, I liked watching him talk about the stunts. I liked the scenes that were clearly sort of like not scripted where he was talking about like the philosophy of stunts or how stunts work and stuff. It was neat. It was like a little bit of a, uh, cause I didn't know any of what he was talking about. It was a little bit of an education. So that, that, that was like, that was a legitimately sort of edifying moment for me. Yeah, it is expensive pretty expository in parts where he's like <laughs> yeah. talking to this journalist about you know yeah all the theory behind the stunts and in such a way that it more so than like teacher and student kind of relationship there's just like no um chemistry really between these two characters that we're supposed to buy have chemistry by the end of the movie they're in love like, because he's just he been talking about love stunts <laughs> He's just been talking about his special interests the whole time, and then we're supposed to believe that they're just, you know, into like, each other at the end of the movie. You just don't understand. Like this is this is the this is the essential way that men and women connected in the 1970s. It was talk talk about stunts. Um, it's how it's how all of our parents met. I need to know. I cannot find like that much information on this band sorcery that. The like the pyrotechnics and stunt work in these like stage shows that are presented are, are incredible, and I really don't know. I think that you probably know more than me about um, any kind of like heritage that led to this like very like. I mean, these guys, if they had had video games, would not have created this band. Like this is like <laughs> no, this, yeah. a gamer band. It is a it is a real gamer band. It's interesting because like the like sorcery. So I was surprised at first because there's two sorceries. There's one that I had heard of, which is um, a, a Nordic metal band who's who's more recent. But this sorcery I hadn't heard of, um, or if I had heard of, I'd forgotten about. But when I looked into them, it is like they really are sort of in this lineage of, you know, the first sort of like nerdy, LARPy um, metal band was really Black Sabbath. And like, you, and I mean, you could argue others were, but you kind of go from Black Sabbath to... Um, even like Led Zeppelin had songs about like Lord of the Rings and stuff. And so like, mm -hmm. I think like this, this like massive surge and in interest of, of, about Tolkien and fantasy and stuff. I mean, the, the, the closest band I can think of to sorcery in this film is like the blue oyster cult. Um, and like in a lot of ways it, it, you know, they, they do represent the same kind of thing, which is like this very, uh, melodic, but, um, you know, ultimately, uh, sort of like heavy, bluesy kind of merging of a million genres. And, you know, that, that includes playing around with all the devil stuff and everything like that. This idea of like the stage show though, like the only, the only band I've ever seen do something similar was, um, 
like Iron Maiden, and mm-hmm. it wasn't anything remotely close. There wasn't a story. Like that element seems like extremely specific to sorcery, and like I can see why they they had sort of like dedicated fans as a result because it is like a very like I don't know it, it like to bring in the magic and stuff to have two members of the band who like don't play music but are just like <laughs> they're, they're the magicians who play Merlin and the Devil like it, it rules but it's like it's yeah, extraordinarily it's, specific yeah it's incredibly cool and it's like I don't know if that part is like for the movie or if that is like truly a part of their stage shows that I cannot like find enough information about them to to find out because also yeah there's a plot line that is not only like during the song but seems to be like across shows like you have to go to every single sorcery show to like find out what they're doing on their next quest it's like very yeah. D like where is where is this going the devil and merlin have a lot of battles and even though merlin seems to win all of them it's like it's not always clear that's what's going to happen like the devil gets one over on him pretty often yeah, you know that stuff is about to go down whenever an amulet comes out. Oh yeah, I liked that was that was like that was one of the coolest parts of the sorcery shows where he uh, like because the first time you see the amulet, Merlin uses it on the devil and it's like it hypnotizes him, and then later on, the devil pulls it on Merlin, and you're like, oh my god, how would he get that amulet? <laughs> it it's like it's funny because it it really feels like those old kind of like. Um, I don't know, those old those old kind of uh, filmed concerts that you can, I mean, uh, essentially even like old concert videos where it is just like because it's such like a new thing and because these bands are, you know, in and of themselves like quite um, refined, like the way they play music and stuff like that, um, it it ends up being like, you know, a steady cam, like four or five steady cams just like. Here's the here's the not just steady cams, but like they, they move, but it's not like. It's not artistic. It's like we have something on the we have something on the basses. We have something on the on the singer. We have something on the guitarist. So we just like switch between them. Like there's a cool shot of the drummer where we want to you know if we want to see him making faces or whatever. And like the songs go like that, but because of the addition of the magic and all, it really feels like dynamic and interesting in a way that I I'm not a big fan of concert footage. Like I've never been all that into it, and this this felt a lot more dynamic. The scenes are very extended, more more extended than you might anticipate. Full songs. <laughs> I would say a good 40% of this movie is sorcery concerts. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily seem like there's going to be – that it would be like that whenever you're first introduced to Grant Page, like coming man? to his – yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to his cousin's – I. And I don't know if they're using this word cousin literally here, the cousin studio to like help like finance this band that Grant Page is supposed to be like a financier of this band. Um, I was under his... the assumption they were related because of that conversation they have early where I mean, the ADR in this is uh, maybe the worst ADR <laughs> I've ever seen. I don't know if I haven't watched enough movies, but like they they sort of like they they add dialogue um, at the beginning because, of course, they're outside and you can't they can't be heard. But uh, it's very good, like, the way they add the dialogue, because it's just, like, Grant Page being, like, it's obviously offset, and they're obviously not saying the things they're saying, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how we're related. I, I'm terrified of heights. And Grant Page goes, well, I can't carry a toot. And he goes, me neither. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, yes, this is, this, is what, this is what I meant when I said I wanted to watch two dudes chat. Like, this rules. Um, but yeah, it's like it is a it, I think they're supposed to be related, but it is yeah, you, you get the feeling this is going to be about him and the band is going to be sort of secondary. Like you might see him 
you know, play a couple times. But uh, from what I was reading, like they they actually told Sorcery, like, you're going to co-star in this movie. So, like, I feel like that was, you know, a big part of selling it to the band. Um, I don't know how much how necessary it was. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, like, what made the director kind of think this was the way he wanted to go. I think it's cool. And, um, you know, well, it's not a, it's not a critique. It's just like, I don't know why this was the approach. It's, it's, it's super interesting. Well, the movie would have been irreversibly different if this had turned out, but I don't know if you saw in your reading that the band was almost foreigner. Oh, whoa. No, I did not. I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, they, they were on tour and the dates didn't work out. It's like, like, what movie would that have been? Wow. I mean, I, I get it. I get, I get the idea. I know that Foreigner was a bigger band and, you know, maybe it would have been a big hit then or whatever. But like, Foreigner doesn't have the devil on stage. Exactly. How would, you... How would they have like, you know, been able to kind of draw these two things together where it would have been had to be like stunt slash rock rather than stunt rock. I think. Right. And, and you could see a version where like basically you were making a concert film with stunt footage in the background and it really would have been just like almost a pure documentary at that point. Uh, and I think that would have been a weaker film because like mm-hmm. the actual ways of like try they try to kind of combine these things, particularly in like, so in the last scene, um, again, like <laughs> there's no plot, but uh, in the last scene of the film, you sort of get this culmination of this B plot where Grant mentions to his cousin that he should jump down from the top of the uh, rafters to, uh, to the, to the stage as the devil. And he's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and he asks him about it. He's like, actually, would it be cool? Like, is that possible? And Grant's like, sure. And so they figure out how to do the flying squirrel and they go, they, you know, they, they figure it all out. And then Grant is taken hostage by the devil in <laughs> the show they go to. Apparently, um, the two women do not are not privy to this and are terrified that the band is burned Grant <laughs> alive. Like, they're very worried about it. And I was like, it would be it would be a really weird and like trippy ending if sorcery just killed grant here but i I don't think that's what's happening um but he uh he basically it looks like he's about to be burned alive and then he flies in from the rafters i don't know how you do that scene with with foreigner like how do you how do you make that work with without you know the stage show element would he just be like i have a great stunt for you guys you're you're gonna love it it's gonna it's gonna make foreigner big and foreigner goes like all right i'll trust you this time grant (laughs) I just don't think that this movie would have had the same like kind of cult appeal. And I mean, it probably yeah. wouldn't have been, you know, unless it with Foreigner, it had been a massive, massive success. It seems like the sorcery fans are who have really uh, kept this film from being lost to time. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I'm, I just want to see. So sorcery band, I'm just like more interested. It's like I was looking into them a little bit. Um, OK, so the death metal bands from 1986. That's interesting. That's why it sort of seems so like the death metal band was actually around for a long time as well, um, which is just like a funny, a funny thing. Now, apparently they, um, okay, they were known for their music and elaborate stage show consisting of a hard rock band and two master magicians who incorporated the use of magic illusions in the onstage battle where Merlin takes on Satan. So apparently that's normal. Um, (laughs) They were normal for them. They were on Dick Clark TV specials. 
Okay, that's they, what we need to get into next. Yeah, they showed up on A Rock in Halloween, which I feel like we should watch because it also included Devo, Eddie Money, Jermaine Jackson, Tony Basil, and it was hosted by Fred Travelina, who I, I guess is an impressionist guy. Um, and then he was. They were also on a magical musical Halloween. Uh, Billy Joel was on that one too. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean they they basically broke up for a while. Um, I guess they broke up and then their their kind of active years. Yeah, they they got back together after they got back together to reissue the Stunt Rock soundtrack like two album. years ago. Yeah, and uh, it says the digital release will be in the summer of 2022. So. I don't know. Uh, and apparently they're re-releasing the vinyl. So uh, keep an eye out for that. That would be a good gift for me or uh, Liv. Um, <laughs> it does seem like the Sunt Rock uh, OST is the bulk of their discography, though. No, it's true. If you, It's like funny because they have a ton of stuff. Like they have Stunt Rock, but then they have Sorcery 2, Rocktober Blood, which I guess is another movie they're in. Um, let's see. Rocktober Blood is a 1984 horror film directed by Beverly Sebastian and features the band Sorcery as actors and on the soundtrack. Well, now we, I mean, we probably have to try and find that. Well, yeah, we should have I done mean, a double feature. We messed yeah, up. Who knew? Um, they're also in Knock Knock, which is a Keanu Reeves erotic thriller with Eli oh. Roth. I guess they show up in that. And they're, they, um, apparently <laughs> the, the, uh, the, who, who was that? That was, um, oh, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, when in the remake of Death Wish, the Bruce Willis character, who's supposed to be the um, uh, the Charles Bronson character, uh, is listening to uh, <laughs> is listening to Sacrifice while he's uh, working in his garage. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> I also I don't remember what this was from, but that Eli Roth wore a stunt rock T-shirt during the filming of Hostel Two. That's so cool. It makes me like Eli Roth so much more. Like, I, I feel like there, there's something really... I, one of the reasons I really like this film and want to, like, recommend it to people, even though, like... I mean, listen, like, straight straight talk, it can be boring. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, the plot is not existed. And um, if you don't like 70s sort of, like, prog metal... Uh, the sorcery scenes are going to drag for you, but uh, it, it also like there's something very joyous about this film. Like everything about it feels like, and like this is part of why the plot doesn't work is that like everyone who hates the stunt uh, men in it are just like you know board directors or like sleazy agents, and you just want to be like, oh, you don't get my friend. Uh, you just don't understand my friend uh, Grant. He's so good. Like he's he's the best guy. Um, so it feels a little like, you know, weak that way. But it is it is cool. Like every there's such a love for like both the rock and the stunts that you you kind of like it's hard not to feel it's a little bit contagious. Like it, it I don't know. It's hard not to like feel enthusiastic about uh, about stunt rock. Like it's hard not to like love sorcery and love Grant Page after you watch this. I think that if you love movies and especially genre movies and there's something that's that is charming about it, mm -hmm. um, you know, that uh, this director is apparently a favorite of Tarantino's um, oh. from from other, I think, mostly other films. <laughs> Not um, from Stunt Rock. <laughs> my my the only other film that I've seen by him is Dead End Drive-In, which I 
I do really, really like as like a good solid movie um, about these kids that get um, like this dystopian thing where they get kids who go to this drive-in theater get trapped in the drive-in theater and they never get to leave and like oh, wow. it ends up like you know all the cars are there lined up they end up looking pretty mad maxi because they just get you know destroyed for whatever reasons that there's that it's kind of mad maxi and that there's these uh hordes of teenagers of different aesthetics that develop as they're <laughs> in this drive-in theater for longer and longer <laughs> it's it's a good film and there's uh you know car stunts in that too obviously of course um, i mean why wouldn't there be but yeah just like a, a a real joy in having made a movie i think the the director seems cool yeah, and you know what? Like now, now that you mentioned Tarantino too, like the the thing that most reminds me of is probably, um, I mean, in some ways. But you know, if I were if I were to draw like a comparison outside of the the ones that are typically drawn, which is you know by and large Spinal Tap, which I don't think is quite right, um, even though I love Spinal Tap and I love this movie. I think I think I've come down on loving this movie, but uh, I you know it's it's not quite the same. Um, is uh, probably my favorite. Well, one of my favorite Tarantinos, and this is not like the most typical opinion but i really really enjoyed his entry in um the uh the grindhouse film Mm -hmm. the death proof with uh kurt russell um and like in some ways this reminds me of that where it's like you have a stunt man who is sort of like inserting himself into the world of people who are not stunt people right like it is it is like this sort of like very um surprising shocking clash between the normies who don't understand why you'd throw yourself off a building and the people who make it their career um it's just that this isn't a horror movie this is like this is a movie where everyone in the end says like hey i was wrong about stunmen you guys are are real (laughs) real heroes of the of the screen And, and the audience goes yeah we knew that all along um it is cool though like like i think i think it is that I don't know that that like clash of clash of the the sort of um, grimy world of of metal like you know hair metal heavy hard rock whatever you'd call it in seventy four seventy eight and like um, the the sort of like un um, unsung elements of of television and film. I like. I think you're right too that uh, Spinal Tap doesn't quite feel right. It seems like the most obvious thing to go to just because of the aesthetic of the stage situation and the right. the the glamour of it all. I feel like tone wise, if anything, maybe more like um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, like being surprised. Yeah. I think the first time at how uh, straight these songs are played and. Um, the the drama and um i don't know yeah because the sorcery stuff and i will say if you're listening to the 4k if you're watching the 4k film uh version which is on kino cult it's it's free just you know search kino cult i also found it on youtube so if you well, because kino cult puts it on youtube do they this was yeah, a different I uploader so. that i found but oh really okay so yeah kino cult also has it on youtube that's interesting you might want then want to watch the other one because kino cult puts like 800 ads <laughs> But either way you want to do it, Kino Cult is a cool website too, though. And so. they they do keep uh, cinema alive, so so let's <laughs> let's support them. Let's support, even though they do put eight billion ads, and the ads are also cool. There's so are the ads cool? I feel like they're the weirdest ads that I've ever seen, and they're, they're fun in to no watch. No way tailored to. 
I would not say they're effective. No. <laughs> I would say I enjoyed watching them the first two times they came up. They did not convince me to go watch Kino Cult, but um, the website actually is quite nice. I think that's pretty good. All of my ads were about Mexican avocados in really? Spanish. Yep. <laughs> my ads were all about <laughs> Kino Cult and films on Kino Cult. <laughs> Well, the, the the Mexican avocados can't possibly help you get into stuff on Keto Cult, but I I do appreciate how delicious they are. Um, <laughs> big, big big avocado. I don't know why they were in Spanish though. Like I don't think I've given them any maybe any they want hint you to that learn. I even know Spanish. <laughs> maybe it's time to learn, Liv. Um, no, I, I you know like there is there's um yeah like it is it is like um. Hedwig's a good example because it really is like this um I don't know, like the 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 level of the performance and like sincerity they're putting into the the mm-hmm. wizard stuff, especially in the sorcery scenes, is only like it it almost feels like a period piece because this is like a period of time where like bands like Hawkwind or Blue Aster Cult or um even like Nazareth um were doing these shows where like they were very, very and they weren't like magicians, like they weren't Satanists. But the reason they were accused of being Satanists was because like they really put on a very earnest and serious show about the powers of magic and the battle between good and evil. <laughs> and like it's not something people really do nowadays. Everyone has like a tongue in cheek approach to this. You're not gonna go see I mean there's like maybe like two or three bands that are doing it seriously and they're even they're not really. Um in much the same way that Hedwig and the Angry Inch feels like a uh, almost like a period piece to that to like '90s drag culture, like it is the sort of like love letter to a particular period of time. Even though this love letter was written like specifically when it was happening, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think it's knowing in some way that you know at the the beginning when it's introduced it's like oh y'all do magic and he's like no it it is magic like you know <laughs> like we are doing magic on the yeah yeah no it's real magic on the stage um I like so I like all the interviews with them with like the band when they're just like yeah like we just love playing music like I set my hair on fire we didn't miss a note um man, that was like, really sweet there's like yeah. a they misread the line like and they don't retake it they're just like he stumbles over his words and just like this feels you know very legitimate in a way and i like it is legitimate in a way because these people actually care about the things that they're saying like it yeah it's a narrative kind of and there's acting kind of but it's like they're of themselves. Yeah, I think the lack of acting is really like I, I mean like I'm not going to I'm not going to go and like go crazy and be like this reminds me of Italian like uh, uh realism. Um it's not like I'm not I'm not trying to say like this is like bicycle thieves, but like you know there's a quality of not acting here which really is kind of wonderful where like you do see the scenes with Grant and the band where they're talking to the actors, right? Like, cause, cause like, you know, the two women in the film are, are introduced as actors anyway, uh, in the credits and stuff. Um, and like, you know, like the agent obviously is an actor. He's quite bad at it, but he is an actor. Um, but like whenever they're interacting with them, it's almost as if like no one is acting. Like when Grant's doing his like talk about how the flying squirrel trick works or sorcery's doing their interview with, with Lisa about like, you know, what their stage show is or whatever. Um, it doesn't feel like acting. The only time it feels like acting when the band's on stage is when the the keyboardist who wears a mask is sort of doing uh, <laughs> doing his little shtick. Uh, which... I love it. He looks exactly like the Team Fortress Two spy. Like, yes. 
It's so good. I, 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 like, double mask. Yeah, honestly, big laugh where the direct the 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 surly director says, "You look like I forget what he says. He looks like oh yeah, fan of the opera." It's like, "What are you a fan of the opera? Take that mask off." He takes the mask off and he has another mask on, and the director just kind of like grudgingly nods in respect. <laughs> very, very good, like dumb moment, but like played perfectly. Like I think that's like really part of the the ambivalence here because if you're if you're taking this as like a film that's a you know a piece of of narrative art it's not very good like it's not a it's not a narrative art piece but if you're taking it as sort of like a a um an experiential kind of like feel of a moment and a group of people and like a scene or a or an idea or something like that it has it's like it's kind of wonderful like it is it is a it's almost like um expressive or expressionist in that way like you you kind of you kind of can feel it more than you can um, like appreciate the the story. You can appreciate the feeling. Yeah, I think it's sweet that it makes you feel like one of the gang that mm. you're like you're on the same side as as the filmmakers and like aren't you aren't you cool and correct for doing so? <laughs> yeah, you understand that Grant is super talented because you were told in the first five minutes he was the mm. stupid director doesn't know what he has. There, there is some like filminess to this where I think like the thing that stuck out to me most was in the music choices. Like there was like Jalo stings of <laughs> some time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but it's like, y- you know what? Yeah, I am watching a movie right now. <laughs> yeah. And like it, it really like that's one of the weirder parts of it where like and I, I don't know what the director, like what he was going for necessarily. But like I can't say I dislike it where like. There are the moments where it's the movie and the, the, the you're right, like the Jalo stings are, are absolutely the biggest part of that. But like, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of watching like a very curated film and then it shifts into a thing where you're just like hanging out, eating Chinese food and they do like a magic trick with a duck. You're <laughs> like, am I not watching a film? Is this Is this behind the scenes? Like, what, what's happening? And it's just like the the fact that there's no real structure to that, that shifting is is very strange. But like, again, extremely endearing. Uh, and it seems to, you know, really love Los Angeles of this time, too, mm. um, where they're like at this like pool party and it's like neither, um, you know, Grant or the band. There's this like third party guy who just wants to do a stunt where he locks himself and throws himself in a pool. And like <laughs> any, everyone's like, no, we don't know who that guy is. Like <laughs> I, this is the reincarnation of Houdini. Well, he better be. <laughs> You know, I hope he can get out of this. No, we don't know what his deal is. And everyone's just like gives up because he's getting bored and throws a cigarette (laughs) down and walks away. Yeah, he's like, I guess this man's going to die. I don't want to be here to watch him die. Um, And then everyone's just like mildly like, you know what? That that is a that is a character that I did. You know, I could have anticipated to be at this party. This guy who would throw himself in the pool. Everyone's just mildly like, oh, yeah, good for you for getting out of that. (laughs) I like it's funny because I, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's he's credited as the escape artist in the credits, and I think it's the name he gives. Like I think he's just an escape artist, and that like is it on the film. But he has like he has a totally different vibe. He's very serious. He's almost like proto Chris Angel. Um, yeah. <laughs> he really wants the agent to to uh, represent him, and the agent slimily is saying, "Even if you die, I get ten percent of the million." We gotta understand that. Like it's very, <laughs> but like he also is like a talented escape artist. <laughs> it's just so great. Like what what is this party? What is this strange mix of 
of like talented people and and like sleazy show business. And it's like, well, I guess in some ways it's 1970s Hollywood. Yeah, and I, that to me is like a, a area where maybe I don't know the most history, but uh, it, it is it is charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and I think like one of the things that this film does is it is it it produces a, a vision of like that history that even if like. I, I couldn't tell you if it's accurate or not, but it's accurate like within the space of the film, if that makes sense. Like it, it presents a sort of view of LA in the seventies that is, at the very least, compelling and interesting, and sort of like its own kind of dynamic that um, is enough, right? Like it's enough that it actually like says this was a this was a place in time, or at least we're claiming that it was a place in time. Um, and again, that like that's part of why it's kind of nice that it straddles that line between fact and fiction. Yeah, and it definitely you know wants to center you in this like Los Angeles fantasy where you know you see him doing stunts on the Hollywood sign and and all of that. As <laughs> yeah, well. I love that doing like Tai Chi by the Golden Gate Bridge for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, he does travel around. I forget. Um, oh no, we... I mean like it was mostly L.A., but then like briefly he travels. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I um, there's something cool else part. funny around th- that I felt found funny around about that scene, but I don't remember exactly what the what the context was for. Another interesting thing that I found in the credits of this movie is that Phil Hartman's in it apparently. What? As, as, I missed um, that. As the actress's like assistant, she it must have been like in the in the trailer at the beginning of the film. Oh and gosh, I'm gonna have to rewatch to find him. I know. Wow. Um, I, I, that that seems like a real. A real get. I don't know if that was a real get in 1978. Uh, well, yeah, probably, but it's a real Hartman's get. career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like how Jeff Goldblum's first role is as like uh, the weird like uh, drug addict who kills um, or drug user who kills um, Charles. Uh, second Death Wish mentioned uh, Charles Bronson's family in Death Wish. He's just like this goofy guy. I think he's credited as like hat goon or something like that. <laughs> it's just Jeff Goldblum. You're watching the movie. You're like, wait a minute. Is that Dr. Ian Malcolm? Um, just love, I love our John Goodman's first role was in uh chud as one of the, <laughs> one of the officers. It's always fun to find that. Like gotta, gotta love when your when your cult classic movie happens to have a brilliant actor doing one of their earliest roles. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that you should try to do that um, if you're making a movie, if possible. Yeah. See if you can figure out who's going to be a famous actor. Right. Um, it shouldn't be too hard. I think you probably can figure it out. Speaking of famous actors, do we feel like this movie was successful in uh, launching Grant Page onto the uh, American <sighs> stage? Um, I don't know. He got Mad Max after it, didn't he? Well, that was also an Australian film. Ah, uh, yeah, good point. Um, uh, no, probably not. <laughs> he's still I mean, alive. He's still kicking. Um, oh, I don't wow. Know he's, good for him. he's making uh, too many movies now. He um, he was in Road Games. I don't know if you saw that. I did not, no. Um, did stunts for that. And um, yeah, I don't know that he's really doing a whole lot now, but. Um, I mean, I appreciate that he's still working. I think I think the one thing this film definitely does is it sort of like instills a, a respect for you of him. Like, you know, whether or not you think he's like a star by the end of it or whatever, like he really is clearly like extremely good at his craft. I don't like I guess I just don't know if there was any 
you know, if there was a time that stuntmen could have become stars, it probably would have been the seventies, like post evil Knievel mm. and all that. But like, it feels as if, you know, that's about as close to stardom as you can get to have a movie made about you as a stuntman uh, or stuntwoman. It's it's just like I I wonder like I that feels dismissive after watching this film, but I I wonder like culturally if if there was more of a star that he could have could have rode. We get introduced to him too, where they say like he's a great stuntman, he's not a good actor. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is it is interesting that that's kind of like the idea. Of this movie is to like launch him, where you know maybe. I don't know. It's like it does seem to like want you to kind of think it's like exotic and cool that he's Australian. But then like that kind of like fades after the first like little bit that they don't really they don't lean into that. They don't have him saying like, you know, I'm mad as a cut snake or, you know, like just like Australianisms like throughout the film. I don't think he really says like anything that's like, you know, specifically that Australian after he just like shows up in his like Drover hat and whatever um, straight from the outback. Whereas like maybe that would have been the way to go to like show off really all you see of Australia is like whenever they, you know, um, show clips and they show lots of clips. I feel like we've like oh. underplayed how much footage you see in this movie. It's a lot. No, no, you're absolutely right. Like there's like, and not just like of sorcery performing, like there's a ton of clips of just like, here's Grant page. He loves being in movies. Like, like <laughs> check out more of his films. These, this is what he does. Like here's, here's him in this movie or here's him talking about this movie or here's like news footage when he performed this stunt. Like it's, it's very archival. Like it, it's super interested in coming up with like a story about, about like this particular actor and his career. I feel like. They, they do play him up like he's like this massive star in Australia, too, that like at the beginning of the movie, there's like this Australian reporter and she's uh, like, you know, we love him so, 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 so much here. And he's going to go to America. And here's uh, now you're going to watch this movie of him being in America. Um, so please love him so much. I have to assume that that is how um, to assume that, that is how he is uh, seen in Australia to this day. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think that he's as revered as we are led to believe he is from the first five minutes of the movie Stunt Rock. This is horrible news. <laughs> yeah. I can't I mean, believe this is happening. Obviously, Mad Max is a very revered film in, in terms of stunt work. Um, and I just watched it for the first time this week. And like watching all of those car crashes i was like that that is incredible like this man loved to crash cars and i for me i can't say that anyone's done it better at crashing cars no i think like the one i did i was kind of surprised at the end based on like all the stuff he was so like one of his main at the very end they you know in case you were worried um they showed they show a lot more um clips like just in case you, you didn't see enough of uh, of Grant doing his stuff, uh, you get to watch him do some more stunts. And the stunt I was most surprised that he did was with animals. Like there's a scene where he's like mm. wrestling with a, a cougar or something, and like, like just a, like a leopard. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it was a le- it was like it was a small big cat. Like it wasn't a lion or a tiger, but. Um, yeah, it was like it was uh, roughly man sized. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight it. Um, not not in a million years. And like, it was a weird moment where like 
all of us, like everything in there, you're just like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He, yeah, he never, he never takes a risk that he doesn't understand. And he's in there with an animal, and you're like, well, that's a risk he doesn't understand. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but I don't I, know. You can calculate the physics of that one. Yeah, like this animal could just. I don't know, Grant. I don't think this is smart. Um, I don't think any other Australian legend has come to an untimely demise at the. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, right? Like he's—it's mostly good. Um, yeah, that was that was odd. But um, I mean, other than that, I would say uh, like the whole movie feels very consistent. Um, that was that was a weird part. It, it did make me think, like maybe you know, like in in if I were in like you know the real world or whatever, um, maybe I would be a little more prone to feeling like Lisa does and saying like this guy seems a little crazy. What's his deal? Is he is he all right? Like, is this is this okay that he's doing this? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we have that with like Jackass or something. Mm. Like, whenever you're watching that, you're like, oh, should I be watching this? Are these men okay? Like, it seems like they probably have a TBI now. Are they still consenting to this? <laughs> no, that's a good point. Maybe that, maybe that is it. So you're saying like, um, you know, I don't know that you could launch someone off of being like a stunt person, but that's exactly what Jackass was, you know, that all of those men are famous because they, you know, were doing, you know, whatever stunts. I wonder if there's like... I, I hate to call them stunts because I don't think that they were planned in the same way that... Uh... No, no, clearly not. But uh, uh, there's no... Yeah, there's no indication that the guys on that show are interested in Grant Page. I would I would have thought they would have liked him though. Mm. That's a shame. That's a shame. Um I mean, yeah, I I wonder. Like I wonder how how like refined their vision of like stunt work is compared to uh Grant's. I wonder if like I wonder if they have a a sense of that or if it is just more like I don't know. Aggressive especially, chance taking. Yeah, especially like since they've recorded, you know, that they've made a new film since maybe like someone like Johnny Knoxville has been on more refined films where they would actually have like stunt workers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You know, probably. how do you return to that? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's like something you can just go back to being like, yeah, you know what? Now that I've seen how it works the other way, I'm going to go back to just throwing myself off a cliff without any prep. And now that I'm 15 years older, yeah, can we get some prep on this uh, on this set, please? I'm like, I'm a little nervous. Um, yeah, I guess like that's the other thing about this film is it's a it's a vision of an older stuntman too, right? Like throughout it all, Grant is like he's not ancient or anything, but he's not like a young buck. Like Mm-mm. he's he's like he's at least 40. Yeah, he's at least 40 in it. And it's like it's pretty interesting that they 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 do that where he's just like oh, I can keep doing it, but you know how long as my body can handle it, I I sort of know what my body can do, um, and yeah, that's like that's sort of like a the opposite of what we get with something like Jackass, where like until the third movie, which again like or the was the third or the yeah no it was the fourth, um, which everyone loved, but like that was the only one that dealt with like these guys are old now. Before it's like only young people do this kind of stuff, like in like X Games or Tony Hawk or whatever. Um, I think this film's kind of ahead of its time that way. Mm. I think it's ahead of its time in in multiple ways because mm. I mean, 
what is the predecessor to this? Nothing. What's the successor? Yeah, this is really, yeah. <laughs> this is really like sort of a unique thing. I I do think that like this is such a, a dude's rock movie because like it is just like, do you want to see stunts? Do you want to see rock? And, you know, you're going to get it. This is such a good movie to have on in the background of a party. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it deserves watching on its own, too. But just like to have it on in the background, oh, there's nothing better. This is great. Yeah, because you could easily dip in and out of this and have some sort of image to to look at that doesn't necessarily need to be connected to the other images of the film. You probably wouldn't understand the the intricacies of the very like complex romance plot. Um, you know the motivations going on with Lisa and Grant, why why they love each other. It's a little bit like um, After Dawn and Before Dawn, um, kind of like a Link Letter movie, but uh, otherwise you'd be fine. <laughs> I, I feel love, like it's more okay. a Silence of the Lambs kind of like journalist <laughs> Hannibal situation. That's the successor to Stunt Rock is Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does she see in him? She's just like so magnetically pulled to him. It's his Australianism. Well... Uh, I I for one can't can't argue with that. I know. Well, you, you'd be you'd be a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> no, it it is funny because like it is this. Yeah, she she basically he he sneaks out of the hospital after he gets a minor concussion by crawling down the side. I think I think there's full like nudity at that point. Oh yeah, one. yeah. Pretty 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 like pretty ridiculous shot of his entire like under area, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he, he's like, Hey, uh, this is all part of my exercise. My next thing is I like to drive a car and she goes, well, why don't you drive mine? And then he drives her car extremely dangerously to the studio. And that's, it's <laughs> the moment she knows he's for her. No, I mean, she knew from the first moment. So she like first sees him on TV getting like hit by a car <laughs> and it right. goes wrong. He's concussed. And she's like, I need to find this man. I need to find this concussed <laughs> Australian man ASAP. And like, I also can't argue with that. Like it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> you and your concussed Australian man. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It's like the love story is, is like aggressively abrupt and without motive, but it is also charming that way. It's like, you don't even have to root for them. It's just like, they'll just it, like the, at one point the, the Dutch actress is like, ah, you two will figure it out if you're each other's type. And that's exactly what happens. It's like, all right, cool. I don't have to worry about any of the rom-com stuff. This is just going to yeah, happen. They don't woo each other. Like there's, yeah, it's fine. Well, I, I mean, I guess he woos her whenever he goes out on the, on the tightrope, which is probably like one of the cooler stunts in the, in the it's movie. a really cool stunt. It's like, it seems extremely dangerous. Yeah. It's, it was the one that made me sort of like, get a little nervous other than the one where he sets himself on fire and then does the flying squirrel. That seemed also quite dangerous. Yeah. That seems awesome too. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it, but it, it did. Oh, so the one thing it did make me want to do was uh, hang glide. His description of hang gliding said, Oh, really cool. Well, that looked horrifying. That was probably the, I don't think that man is supposed to do that. That makes me, <laughs> <laughs> you believe it's it hubris me... to hang glide. <laughs> makes me want to become a religious extremist that <laughs> men think that they can do that. Uh, I guess that's fair. It's unnatural. Um, I guess I'll just be a heretic then. Um, 
I think it's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, but I understand. Um, well, of anything that we did not touch in this in this film, do you think? Uh, I I mean we I think we were able to cover the plot in about the first fifteen seconds, and then uh... <laughs> the, the rest has been pure vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean I think that if the title sounds interesting to you, then you're going to like the movie. Um, yeah, just just a good time movie, and like. Ooh, uh, a little different than the other stuff we've talked about in terms of like, I, I think it is a, a genre film, um, but that the genre is just stunts, um, yeah. which I don't know that I have seen another movie in that. It's like a demonstration <laughs> film almost. Like. Yeah. Cause it's like, you could come to enjoying stunts from other genre, like in terms of like, you know, um, like a Western action versus like a martial arts versus like, I don't know, even like a horror film, like being really into, um, you know, practical effects and, and whatever. No, it's true. It's like, it is a little bit like, you know, like French brutalism or whatever being like, Oh yeah, we just love doing effects or, or the Guinea pig experiments being like, yeah, like this is basically just visual effects stuff, uh, demonstration. Like this is, this is even a more explicit version of this just with stunts. Um, which I mean, I appreciate. It's interesting. It's a, like it's a, ver- a version of craft I was completely unaware of. Yeah. So I, I would not be against uh, Stunt Rock Two. Can we get on Stunt Rock Two, everyone? So someone reach out to Grant Page, see who he'd want to cast. Yeah, let's get a school of Stunt Rock with the Jack Black uh, character in it. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> And and sorceries back together, so this this is time. Yeah, I feel like Jack Black would be into this kind of film. Um, I, I don't know. I what have he, to assume that what he knows in terms of stunts, but let's see, Jack Black, stunt rock. Does he know it? Um, let's get our, it trending. Let's get it trending. Our stinger stunt double is Jack Black. Um, that's not helpful. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the closest I can find it. It's not real. Well, hopefully we learn more watching Rocktober Blood. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Liv. Everyone go watch Stunt Rock. It's available on YouTube, so you should be able to find it. I'll link it when I put up the episode. And, um, yeah, uh, please, please enjoy and please look forward to more. Yeah. Oh, and follow Liv at AV Club uh, on all on all various <laughs> platforms. Yeah, if you want to. Go do it. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.